get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Always happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Craig Button. He's an analyst for TSN. He's also on Twitter at Craig J Button. Craig, it's always a pleasure to be joined by you here on the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I am doing exceptionally well. I hope the same for you in St. Louis. And, you know, now that the uh, Stanley Cup has been awarded, you know, we get to talk about the uh, the preparation for the 23-24 season. Absolutely. And that's what we're excited for here in St. Louis. Before we get to some of that, Craig, I do want to ask you kind of a big picture takeaway from the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we know this is a, a copycat league, right? Every year you look back at the teams that were successful in the postseason and, and you say to yourself, all right, what did they do? How did they construct their rosters? How can we be like that? How can we emulate that? in the future if you're a gm in the league right now and you're looking at the panthers the golden knights the teams that had success this postseason what do you think are the lessons to be learned from the way that they constructed their rosters okay so why don't we talk about that so we talked about copycat league so is vegas any different than colorado who's any different than tampa bay than tampa bay to st louis to washington just go just go back and look at the stanley cup champions just go back and look like the the templates there if you think you're winning with small defensemen in this league, you're wrong. If you think you're winning with small wingers in this league, you're wrong. Teams still want to go down a path, and you know they're not they're not, they're not understanding. And, and, and let me tell you this: it has been like this for decades. It's been like this. You know, when I was in university, I had a management professor, and we were doing case studies, and you go through the case studies and try. And, and this is his reminder to us: he goes, "Now, he goes, try to look at what you can do." You don't need to reinvent the wheel. He said the wheel has worked really well for centuries. The template to win in the National Hockey League is not changing. You think you're going to win in the NFL with a small offensive or defensive line? you got no chance. And you got no chance to win in this league without size on the back end and on the walls. None. And this idea that the good small players have always been in the league. You're going to start building the small players? Like Brian Murray said, if you want good small players, you're just going to be a good little team. It's the, the template's there. The St. Louis Blues, the reason they haven't had success, like, go look at their Stanley Cup winning team of 2019. Go look at the blue line. And now look at the blue line this year. Not as good. Not nearly as good. Look at the walls. Not nearly as good. And that's where you got to build. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you need depth. Yeah, you need frontline players. Yeah, you need good goaltending. That's a given. If you think you're winning with small players in this league, you are absolutely delusional and you're not paying attention. And guess what? There's a lot of teams not paying attention. The second part I'm going to say to that, you better be bold. A lot of teams, there's, I hear so often how hard it is to win and the cap and all oh, the constraints. Never once did I hear that from the Vegas Gold Knights. Not once. 
They just said, here's what we're going to do. B-O-L-D with a cap letter. Are you, either you're interested in winning or you're just happy being part of the schedule that the NHL puts out every year. Craig, if you just if you if you're silent for a couple of seconds, you might hear all of St. Louis <laughs> cheer right now at the radio for what you just said. Let's go, Craig. <laughs> this offseason, Craig, this is why I think St. Louis is is so interesting because you're right. They are built with small defensemen, with the exception of a couple of guys and small wingers, but they're also tied into long-term contracts. So before we get into the draft, just from a GM's perspective, what do you do when you have that? Like, is this a much longer way out of the tunnel than what we originally expected? I don't think so. I'd like, but, but, but let me be very clear on this. This is where the manager, Doug, in, in, in this regard, now has to go and try to create opportunities for himself, create opportunities with cap space, get the right players in. Is it easy? No. Do you have to be bold in some cases? Yes. But that's the job of the manager. I don't want to hear from managers telling me how hard it is. You know what? Managers get paid a lot of money to do the job. And if it's too hard, tell me, and we'll get a different manager. And Doug's not afraid of hard work. I, 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 I'm, I'm fully 100% confident that, that Doug can be, is bold and, and will be bold, but that's the job now. So, yeah, you can look at long-term contracts and, and, and different things that happen. That's your job now. If you, it, you, the, the person that created, that put the long-term contracts in place, you can't, you, he can't now complain about long-term contracts and no cap space when he's the one that did it. <laughs> like you now, okay, good. You went down a path. Okay, now you got to adjust, and now you got to find solutions. That's what successful managers do. I don't have any doubt Doug can do it, but that's the mandate in front of him. Not to tell me how you don't have cap space and how it's hard. Your job is now is to get this because I think there's enough there to build around where you can now become uh, a competitive team and, and move yourself into contending status. Craig Button is our guest. You can find his work over on TSN, also on Twitter, at Craig J. Button, one of the best in the business. Always appreciate him taking some time with us. Uh, Craig, let's stick with the, the blue line conversation here for a moment. One of the big conversations that we've been having, really, uh, for the last couple of years, honestly, is about the left side of their defense. They've got Nick Letty, they've got Tori Krug. That's part of their top four right now. Uh, when you look at those two guys, they certainly do not fit the criteria of what you were discussing when it comes to uh, a lot more size on the blue line. Do you think there is appetite around the league to try to be able to move off of those two defensemen? Or do you think they one or maybe both of them can be a part of the Blues long-term build? Well, on the long-term, I don't know, I don't know how you define long-term. I'll, and, and I'll be very clear on this. When teams line up against the St. Louis Blues and you're playing against Nick Letty and Tory Krug, there's absolutely zero fear. There's absolutely zero, uh, like, like, uh, uh, feeling that they can make you uncomfortable. If you think you're winning with those two guys as your top two left side defensemen, no chance. No chance. Now, like, they're, they're just not good enough. They're not good enough. They're, they can't carry enough play. They can't carry enough heavy play. So you better come to the reality. Can they be on your team? Yeah, they can be on your team if they're properly supported and you've got the right players playing in front of them. But if they're one and two on your left side, I'll be very clear. No chance. So who's going to, like, I'll just give an example. Just go look at your, go look at the division. You think those guys, you think, you know, like, I'm just going to, you think Kaprizov is afraid of playing against those guys? 
You think Mika Rakitic's afraid to play against those guys? You think that, uh, that Jason Robertson are afraid to play? No chance. We saw that a lot this year, Craig. I mean, the, the, the front of the net was a place of, of a lot of discussion, to say the least, uh, here in St. Louis. So it, we're lockstep with everything that you're saying right now. It's it's You're, you're ba- basically backing up and reinforcing well, some of the saying. conversations that we've been having. So then you look out to the opportunities that exist, whether it be on the trade market and free agency. The, the free agency market doesn't look particularly appealing based on who's out there defense-wise, but when you look to the trade market, Craig, are, are there opportunities out there that you see that you'd say, okay, this is a guy or two that I would potentially be targeting to help out in that regard for the Blues? Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's a lot of different opportunities. There's known opportunities. You can look at players that are going into the last year of the contract that might be restricted free agents, that might be uh, pending unrestricted free agents in a year time. And, you know, and, and so those opportunities to, 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 to assess the, uh, the, the marketplace are, are there. Some are known and, and some aren't known. The managers, and, and Doug is very, very much on top of this, in the discussions about, okay, who, who, who can we look at? What, what opportunities are there? And, and I can mention any number of, of, of players and any number of teams. That's not what it's about. It's about identifying, okay, what do we need? And then trying to say, okay, what players are there? Then those calls are made. And, and, and the contact and the communication that goes back and forth about, okay, what does it mean? Okay, what would we have to give up? What would we have to do to sign a player to, to a long-term contract? And, 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 and maneuvering around all those types of, of, of scenarios. That's what a manager has to do. But you, you, you start to look at where you can do it and, and, and where you can do it at different, at different levels of, of, of salary. You know, it's not just one place you can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll just use an example. And, and, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And he might fit in the right spot, and, and he may not. And, and St. Louis, you know, is just one place that I mentioned. Mark Stahl was signed as an unrestricted free agent at a very good contract by Florida last year. Now, part of that was because, you know, they knew that they had limited, you know, dollars to spend. Mark Stahl was a horse for the Florida Panthers this year in the playoffs and down the stretch. He was a horse. And that type of player helps you win come playoff time. I had an NHL team tell me that they are going hard after Radko Gudis as a free agent. Who wants to play against Radko Gudis? Who wants to play against Marks? I'm not telling you the frontline guys. They're guys that add elements that are necessary for winning. You know, you, you look at the Vegas Golden Knights. You think anybody's happy playing against Braden McNabb? Is Braden McNabb a frontline player? No, but he's an important player. Big difference. You're not trying, you got Theodore and you got Petrangelo in, in Vegas. So, how do these other players fill out and how do they make life really difficult for opponents? That's how you build your team. That's how you build a winning team and a championship caliber team. And I think those are just two names from, from the Stanley Cup finalists that, you know, certainly are players that you, you might want to look at. You know, why are the Boston Bruins right now willing to listen about Matt Grizzlick being traded? Listen, Matt Grizzlick's an NHL player. If he's your bottom pair defenseman that's supported right, you're right. The St. Louis Blues, the last thing they need is Matt Grizzlick. Mm. 
<laughs> so, Craig, sticking on the defensive side, but moving to the draft side of things, because you're you're an incredible draft analysis, too. And I know you got a mock draft coming up next week. I've heard a lot of Blues fans talk about, oh, well, you got to select a defenseman in this draft at 10th. David Reinbacher would be the guy because you don't have a number one defenseman. So a two-part question for you. One, do you feel that it's necessary or good enough to draft a defenseman in the top 10 this draft? And two, is there a projected number one defenseman in this draft? I find it very, very difficult in, 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 in the history that I've had in evaluating to identify a clear-cut number one. I, I, I define them as top pair. I mean, you go in and you say, okay, this player has all the qualities and all the potential to be a top pair. A number one defenseman, they're rare. Like, I mean, how many of them are there in the NHL? There's 32 teams in the NHL. I can guarantee you there's not 32 true number one defensemen in that hockey. There just isn't. Are there other players that play in the number ones? Yeah, because they have to. But they're not number ones. So to try to go to a draft and say there's a number one, I don't see a number one in this draft. Clear. I, I, do I see top pair potential? Yeah, I do. Top three? Certainly. I see three defensemen that I think are clear-cut top three defensemen. Ryan Docker, Axel Sandin, Pelican, and Tommy Relander. Could there be others? Perhaps. You know, but, but those are the three that I've identified right now. And, 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 I'm, and I'm very confident in saying they're top three top pair defensemen. Now, that being said... How do you get these guys? Like you, you can wait and you can hope that you get somebody in the later rounds or when I say later after the first round. You know, it's not the NFL where you're looking for a player to come right in right now and you go, we, need, we have a spotted outside linebacker. We, we got to draft that guy. I get that. The NHL isn't like this. This is three, four years down the road. So when you're assessing talent and you're looking at where you have to fill your prospect shelves in your cupboard, you look and go, okay, we, we could use some defensemen here. Now, if there's clearly a forward that's better or a goaltender you feel is better, you better not just take a, a player based on position. But when it's close, and I mean close, really like right there, and you're evaluating players that you think have similar type abilities and similar type potential, whether it be a top uh, first-line forward or a top two-line forward, and you, got a def- and you need defensemen, you better take the defensemen that you think can be there. And these opportunities don't arise very often. And yeah, you can find them later in the draft. And when I say later, I'm talking second, third round. But there's players in my view that are right there this year for teams that if they want to look and say, we need a defenseman, I think it's, it's right there, neck and neck between a forward and a defenseman at that point in time. Great. And I think it can. It's right there. <laughs> Final question that I've got for you. Craig Button is our guest here on 101 ESPN for just another minute. Uh, Monve Mikov, to me, is one of the most compelling players in this year's draft. I don't think the Blues are going to be in a position to be able to move up for Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Smith. It just You could correct me if I'm wrong. That, that feels kind of out of their range. However, with Mikov and all of the question marks surrounding uh, what what his future holds in terms of how long it's going to be until he comes over and the Russia connection there with the situation in the Ukraine, it, it, it seems like people are very high on him as a prospect. When you watch him, when you just take out the tape, what kind of player are we talking about with Mikov and where do you expect him to end up going in this year's draft as a result of that evaluation? Elite striking ability. Russian players are coming over to play in the NHL. Columbus just signed Dmitry Vronkov. 
Ivan Morosnichenko, Washington's first round draft pick last year. He came over. So, you know, the political situation is separate and independent. You, the only thing you have to know with Meechkoff is you, you're not getting him for three seasons because his contract runs up. But he's 21. What's wrong with waiting until a, a, a player of that caliber is 21? Now, does that mean it's the right pick for, for the St. Louis Blues at 10 if he's up? I don't think he's going to be there at 10. I think he's an elite striker. I think that his ability to score and create offense in, in, in a significant manner puts him in a category, you know, that's, that, that's high in the draft. I think it comes – do I see risk in him? The risk is, is, is in selecting a player and not being patient and beating yourself up. I don't see risk in drafting the player. It's just about being patient. But he, he, he's a dynamic offensive striker. And those players don't come along very often. And certainly teams are going to have to look at it. I think there'll be teams trying to trade up. So here's what I'm going to say to you. St. Louis is picking 10. I don't see a scenario if Mishkoff is at those past eight. There is no way Mishkoff goes past the Washington Capitals at eight. No chance. Yeah, that's the team that I've kind of circled on him. Uh, Craig, final one for you, and we really appreciate this time. I just wanted to get your thoughts because I know you covered the Memorial Cup this year, and Blues prospect Zachary Bolduke was there. What are your thoughts on him, and do you feel like he's close to NHL ready? Uh, I, 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 listen, I love Zachary Bolduke. <laughs> like, you, you know, you look at Jimmy Snuggerud and Zachary Bolduke. Jake Neighbors just wins a gold medal with Team Canada at the World Championships. There's a lot of good young forwards uh, in, in, in the system. And, and guess what? Some guys with size and skill and, and weight. Zachary Bolduck, back-to-back 50-goal seasons, a champion. He's a smart player. He's a competitive player. But like What I would say is, they're in the training camp, see what he does. He, I would suggest that he probably needs a good half a year in the American Hockey League just to adapt to the, to the pro game and then see where he's at come January. But this is, a, this is, a, this is an A prospect. Awesome. He's an A prospect who's going to be a really good NHLer for a lot of years. Good Craig, we're getting texts from all over. This is the best interview you guys have ever had. I love this guy. He's pulling no punches. Can we get more of this guy, please? You're absolutely the best. We watch all your work over at TSN. We'll be following you along, especially whenever your mock comes out next week at Craig J. Button. Thanks, as always, for the time. Hopefully, we'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Yeah, always my pleasure. Thanks for having awesome. me.